There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh. So you found it. Um, I just labeled intro song, so hey, we got there you it. Go. L.A. Nick is in Italy. Catherine is at home working on some stuff she has to work on, and Cassie has an appointment, so it's Andy and me today. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that action? We do have some great guests coming up today. Mike Gelfand's going to come in. Uh, I'm going to interview him for the KQ Morning Show. Hopefully it'll be from like 1 to 1.35, something like that. That'd be wonderful if we oh, can work it out there. We also have a guest at 12.30, so. We do? Yep. Who's that? Nancy Gretzinger. Nancy Gretzinger. What teachers wish they could tell parents. I thought that was at 12.35. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, first hour. Yeah, first hour. So, I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. 
So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out Walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. No bumper music. No bumper music. Because no, Cassie. Well, Cassie has an appointment today that she has to take care of. Catherine's not here. Uh, L.A. Nick is in. Actually, kind of worked out, because this whole next half hour is dedicated to uh, KQRS. I'm going to interview Mike Gelfand for KQRS. We'll deliver this audio to them, and it'll work out great. So, uh, basically, Mike was just asking me, what do you want to talk about? And I just, I think... The number one thing I want to talk about, where our friendship started many, many years ago, you interviewed me because I was doing a lot of voiceover work, and you were working for Ad Age. You were doing a piece for Ad Age. And you had a grudge against me. I did? (laughs) Yeah. Remember? Because I wrote that article for the Minneapolis Tribune. And you claimed I took some horrible shot at you. Which is true. I don't remember it quite that way. It was true. You attacked me mercilessly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Oh, it was horrible. I still haven't gotten over it. It was these. like a it was like a little reference, but yeah, I what was the what was the story was about who was the guy that celebrated disc jockey who had like a six month window where he was famous? You remember that? No. He was some guy <laughs> he, he did some show in New York. And for some reason, he was a, a big deal for, like I say, six, eight months. And so they sent me out to, it was KDWB, right? That was the one that was out uh, in Woodbury? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So they sent me out there. He was doing some appearance there. And I wrote something like, uh, like uh, oh, uh, it was Wolfman Jack. Wolfman oh, it was Jack. Wolfman Jack? It was the really? Wolfman, yeah. I, I saw him when he was in town. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, he, he was, was great. and he kind of growled. Yeah, he did kind of. <laughs> yeah. And Cat man, you're stealing my ass. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. And so, so like I had this, I didn't know anything about radio, right? right what did I right, know? I didn't right. listen to radio. I mean, uh, certainly not morning radio, that's for sure. And Because no. I wasn't up at that hour like I am not up at that hour anymore. And so I had some reference into the story about how big Wolfman Jack is. And I said, all, all across the country, you know, he's, he's huge. And we even have a cat man here See? in our market. Yeah. Vicious attack. <laughs> that was terrible. Personal <laughs> attack. Vicious attack, personally. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, really, I'm really glad you were willing to come in and do this interview because oh, it's great. I explained to people on the air this morning that Mike's not going to get up before 10, so he's not going to come in and do it, you know. So I'm going to interview him over at the podcast studio. We'll send the audio over. They'll edit whatever they want to edit, and God bless them. But it was such an interesting time because you and I met, what, about 19, is it 83, 84, something like that? You know, I was going to say it was either 83 or 84. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was. Yeah. So, I think it was New Year's Eve, 83. Really? No. But I'm just saying, I was I'm splitting say, the difference, that's all. But you're right. Because I, I, I didn't remember it quite the same way. But you're right. I was I was doing this gig for Ad Age at the time. Right. And everybody kept saying, you know, there's this this guy. He's like, he owns the voiceover business here. He's, he's working everywhere. He's in New York. And he's he's the go-to guy here. And, I, of course, I didn't know anything about the voiceover business either. Later on, mm-hmm. thanks to you, I... I did some voiceover work. Yeah, you did, absolutely. For a few years, it was pretty good. 
I was the nerd of choice. Nerd and loser dweeb of choice. Nude look, I don't think that's why we brought you on the show. No, no, but for, for yeah. doing commercials, which would oh, never that, would have, Well, that's true. Yeah, but that's that never would have yeah. happened if I hadn't been on the show. But anyway, they said, you got to talk to this guy. You know, do a piece on this guy, Tom Bernard. I said, fine. So sat down with you. We spent a lot of time driving around Lake Calhoun while you drink Diet Pepsi, as I recall. Or Pepsi something. Light. Pepsi Light. Pepsi yeah, Light. Lemon flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember how the story well, turned out, true. but we got to be friends. The story was great, as a matter of fact. It was very, very nice. You pointed out in the article. It was, that article was in 84, because I remember you put in the article that my voice appeared on a 1984 Olympics more than any athlete yes, did. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. It was unbelievable. You must have done pretty well at that spot. That was, I would have done better, except for, because uh, I did all the seven uh Network TV spots for McDonald's for the 1984 Olympics. Yeah. They ran for two days. And then a guy in San Ysidro, California, killed 27 people at a McDonald's. And uh, uh, they yeah. shut down all the McDonald's commercials for the 80. Probably cost several hundred thousand dollars. That yeah. son of a bitch. That dirty bastard. <laughs> I'm, that's where the saying, I'm hunt, going to hunt man, came from. Oh, really? The guy in San Ysidro said, his wife said, where are you going? He said, to hunt man. Oh, uh, yeah, right. You know, I... I I'd been on the show, and you know, just little bits and pieces. I'd do an hour at a time. So I'd been on the morning show, I don't know, like three, four months. Mm -hmm. One day, there's a call from me after the show. This guy's calling from, uh, I think it was Campbell Methune. And he says, yeah, well, we, we've been trying to figure out who your agent is. We can't find him. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, we want to book you, you know, for a, for a spot right. uh, this afternoon. And I'm thinking, okay, book me, spot. This after I don't know what any of these you, things you are. Don't right? know, you don't know what that even means. So, so That's phenomenal. Uh, so I said, oh, you know, let me call you back. I'll give you the contact information. I, you remember this. I came up to you and I said, you know, I, I need an agent. Actually, you sent me over to Victoria. Yeah, phenomenal. And, and our, our agent, and you know, she was, for some reason, willing to be my agent. And, she was great. She and, was wonderful. Yeah, and that afternoon I was doing the spot, pretending like I knew what I was doing. It was so wonderful because I do remember that. Um I was talking to Dave Hamilton, who, who was the one that made, got me to come back into radio. He called me when I was in New York and said, you want to come back into radio? And I'd just been told by Catherine that uh, we were going to have a baby. It turned out to be Andy. Uh, so I said, well, we can't raise a kid on 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in New York City. That's not, not going to work. No. So literally, when I hung up with her, the phone rang. It was Dave Hamilton saying, do you have any interest in getting back into radio? I said, what do you mean? He said, the morning show at KQRS. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I could do that. So I came back, and I was here for a month or two, because you and I had already become friends a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd hang around with both you guys, because mm -hmm. you introduced me to Dave, and then I'd come over to your place, watch the Twins games. With the bobbleheads. With the bobbleheads, which you... <laughs> which you I know you uh, <laughs> Which you positioned in a strategic fashion, depending on the situation. No, you Runners have to, at the corners, two outs. Oh, well, then I got to turn him east. Like, <laughs> no, that's right. That's yeah. Where'd that come from? From North Minneapolis, all the, all the Italians and the Irish Catholics, <laughs> that they all believe in that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, was, I didn't believe in it, but I no. thought it was kind of cool. Oh no, no, I I knew you didn't believe in it, but you guys were having fun, and then we I and ball, then I yeah. was trying to keep you from having fun with my <laughs> yes, doer personality. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. One hundred percent. So I'm talking to Dave Hamilton about how funny you are. And so you came in to talk to Dave. And then uh, the general manager at the time, I don't use general managers' names anymore. Yeah. Because there are one or two that I like, and 
the rest of my hate their guts well, and sure. I always will for the well, rest that, of the, my the life. Whole, one of the whole points, the basis of the show was a distaste for authority. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it still is. No, right. And that's what, that's what kind of bonded us. But also that's, uh, you thought strategically, I was just, you know, being instinctive. But we were on the same page almost all the time, and and you know, yes. but it, but you knew, which I didn't know because I knew nothing about radio. But you knew that the vast majority of the people listening to us didn't care that much for authority either. No, that's exactly right. Because basically, people don't care much for authority. Yeah, it's very true, hundred percent true. So. We go in. The general manager goes, "We're not hiring him." I said, "Why not?" He's got a terrible voice. I said, "He doesn't have a terrible voice. He's got a human voice. That's the whole point." There's a guy who sounds like a normal guy who's very funny. I mean, I've had this voice since I was 11 years old. But you don't want to, man, look, man, this is funny. You know, you don't need that. And, of course, Dave put it a different way. Dave said, you think your voice is bad? You ought to listen to Dave Dahl, was it? Now, which, who was Dahl in Chicago? Oh, Steve Dahl. Steve Dahl. You ought to listen to Steve Dahl in Chicago. Steve's phenomenal. And he, he of and course, was, yeah, he was a big guy then, and he's still doing very yeah, well. Yeah, he is. I, I just yeah. saw him, as a matter of fact, last month. He's, he invented. People give Howard Stern the credit for inventing that new brand of radio. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't Howard Stern. It was Steve Dahl. Yeah. And Howard was in D- Detroit at the same time, and he mimicked Steve Dahl. And was, I, I guess I did too. To radio was 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 radio in Chicago. Oh God, yes. And you know Jonathan Brandmeier, who mm-hmm. he went to Arizona eventually. But those guys, there was nothing like that here. Here no. it was. How you doing, Chaska? <laughs> Good morning, Gorno. It's phenomenal talking hey. to you. Hey, yeah, no, that that radio was. I mean, you guys almost created radio in this market. You know what's funny about that is that. Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group does the commercials with me. Right. He said he just went over to Hubbard to cut some commercials. And he said the, the sales managers and all the people came and talked to him and said, you know, would you tell Tom that the KQ Morning Show changed this market forever? It changed the way radio was done. Yeah. And we all made a lot more money yeah. because yeah. of the KQ Morning Show. Yeah. And they did. Everybody made a ton of money. Oh, yeah. No, there was, there was a lot of money being made in those days. And, oh, yeah. And unfortunately, though, that's... Morning radio is not going to be quite like that anymore because, no. and I, I think, yeah, 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 I'm sure you have your own thoughts about it, but I think it's because this is what happens when you have monopolies. Yeah, monopolies that's true. erase competition, and once you're able to erase competition, you don't have to hire great people and you don't have to do great work. That's true, and I think some people did take advantage of that. Unfortunately, yeah. I well, wish they gone. hadn't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they talked about how much more, more money everybody made, and they said, you know. Tell Tom that that we we think you guys changed radio forever across the country, not just here, because it was all, oh, God, I hate my boss, right on the air, which Steve <laughs> Dahl did before I, did, I ever did. Well, but that's just a human thing to do. It is, it was, yeah, that's, yeah. It's the same thing we would say off the air. And that was, to me, the beauty of the show was, you know, you you had this gift, which I which I figured out fairly quickly, but not right away. You had this gift of defining people's personalities and you created uh you could say a caricature but it was really almost more like a a pretty accurate portrait of all these personalities on the show i don't mean radio personalities i just mean human personalities they were none of them were radio people actually tony lee i guess was but he was a production guy he wasn't an announcer yeah yeah he came on the show and and of course uh at that time um 
Oh, what the hell is Well, and Terry had just been working overnights, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and... That was several years later, actually. We had Marianne Sullivan That was later, her. yeah. Yeah, before we're her, we had Lee Valsvik. Yeah. Well, that, I, I know, that had to be very brief, though, because by the time... Yeah. I mean, I was there almost from the beginning, like six months Six in. months, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I was... I don't think I, I... She was not part of the show, I don't think, then. I think well, Marianne was by then. Yeah. And I love Marianne. And I still you, see her once in a while. And, and look... It, it's it's just a fact. You basically created Mark Rosen. I, I, Mark yeah. is a wonderful guy too. Yeah, but I mean you you made him into a, you made him into a radio star. And well, it, we did together. All well, of us together, together, sure. Well, everything was joint. But the point is, you were able to define people, and that let the listeners know who that person was, what their, why these people were distinctive and funny, mm-hmm. and and and. That just didn't happen anywhere else. It was really funny about, after we were on the air, about a year, I guess, something like that. Somebody came over and said, my God, your show is so different from anything else in the United States. And I said, what? What do you mean? Because you don't know why your show is so different. I said, no, I just brought in some friends and life (laughs) has been grand and all the rest of it. He said, no, no, you have the only morning show in, in America that has two women in prime time. Yeah. Three Jews, yeah, that's right. two black people. <laughs> yeah. He said, this show's not like any other show in America. And what's great about that, Mike, is to this day, I'm homophobic and racist. <laughs> How that was true, I will never, because I remember I, well, 17 years ago, I said, you know, this, the whole idea of gay marriage, let, if people want to get married, what the hell do you care? I, I guarantee you that Jesus or Muhammad or whomever, they don't care. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Relax. And how bizarre is it that that gay people were prevented from marrying and from being in the military? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the two things that most people would be happy to avoid, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you. Yeah, well, for yeah, sure. That's for sure. But, but, you for you know, sure. But the other thing, there were, there were a lot of people on the show. And people would say, well, it's kind of like a dysfunctional family. Well, look. You and I came from, everybody says I come from a dysfunctional family. You and I came from families that were racked with mental illness. Oh, there's no doubt about that, man. <laughs> I, I mean, they, beyond dysfunctional, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to get in competition for my family was sicker than yours. <laughs> <laughs> but, well. But look, those families were, were seriously troubled families. Yeah, they were. Absolutely they were. And to this day. To this day. It's uh, always will it, affect you. It, 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 yeah, it, it will affect me for the rest of my life. Sure. As a matter of fact, I said, yeah, you know, there were a couple of people I didn't enjoy working with. Mm-hmm. And I said, and they said, why didn't you like working with them? I said, to tell you the truth, I perceive that they might have been a little bit unstable. Mm-hmm. And if you're unstable or emotionally challenged or maybe a little nuts or whatever it is. It would immediately make me think of my father, which made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, but you know, it lasted for years and years and years anyway. But I'm still the biggest prick ever born. But that's just and, how that. And homophobic. And homophobic and racist. Don't and forget racist. racist. I forgot that one. Yeah, you got to get that in there too. Um, they couldn't call me an anti-Semite, I guess. But somebody did remember the first year <laughs> when you and Rosen and Tony Lee were all on the show, three Jews on the show. Uh, yeah. And somebody called the Jewish Defense League and said, that guy Bernard's anti-Semitic as hell. Oh, I got a like, call. What? I got a call, from, what? I got a call from the Jewish Federation. Yeah, yeah. Like probably six months in. That's right. It, it was. This guy called me up and he said, you know, there's, uh, you know you're, you're perpetuating stereotypes about, about our people. 
And you I mean said, being funny. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Being funny and depressed, right? Right. Exactly. I'm sorry. I was funny and depressed, yeah, and still and you, am. And you still are. Yeah, but it's it's under control. And uh, and okay. you know, and I said, well, you know, here's the thing. We're doing a show, and uh, name another Jew who works in radio. And right. I I you couldn't really. I couldn't then, and I'm not sure I could now. But but you know, that's the whole point. And the guy said to me, well. Well, let me just ask you, uh, what's more important, uh, uh, your profession or your faith? And I said, look, I don't have any faith in anything. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> so go. So you're kind of talking to the wrong guy. You really are. We'll be right back in two minutes. Mike Gelfand uh, for the KQ Morning Show, was it changed radio forever. Many people followed your example and got into radio. Well, they did. I don't know about that. But... Well, we'll be right back to talk about that Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He was here to talk about a great service at an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my buddy, my pal of mine, why do I need this and why is it cool? We developed the app to compete with the other payment applications across the country. We wanted something that was safe, secure, easy to use, and most of all, free. Say, for example, Alex needs some money and you want to send her some money, you can do it right away in the payment app and would get into her account without her having to go to the bank. Most convenient for the princess in your life. And the Prince Andy, too, because I wouldn't want the kids having to leave the house to get cash. I wouldn't want that. No, there'd be no sense in that. You'd have to buy the gas then, too. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to love it. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about XCheck. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike and I are schmoozing off the air about all these things that happened what a hell of a run that was indeed and continues to be for both of us because we're both still involved in the business and you're doing podcasts with Sansevier. Yeah, Sansevier and I do a podcast with uh, my friends from uh, the uh, zonecoverage.com site where well, that's I good. write a column, I do a podcast there and uh, amps up in the football season. You didn't finish your book yet? You've been at your book for 10 years. The book is basically finished. It's a decision Let's now. Go. Do I want it published? Well, so it's, the, it's that honest? Well, you know, it's like I don't really need the money. No. You know, I mean, I'm not rich, but uh, no, well, I'm Creighton Avenue rich. Well, there you go. Yeah, by, by the standards of the, the modest working man's neighborhood I so grew up in. So you're kind of goyish or rich? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's uh, the next best thing to working at the Ford plant. 
That's true. <laughs> where yeah. most right. of the New neighbors Orleans. were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, that, those were good times. Where you grew up, yeah. as a matter of fact. Um, so you came along. We start doing the show. Uh, Joe from Louisville wants to know, why did we start calling you Stretch? Well, uh, that was... Um, I, I called my the first time I was ever on the show. I, I remember because we had kind of planned it. Mm-hmm. It was yep. when, when the racetrack was was big, because the, the racetrack's ascendancy, which would be followed by a rapid decline, yeah, but its rapid true. ascendancy mm-hmm. basically dovetailed with the show, because the yes. track started out in '85. Yep. yep. And so uh, there were a lot of people there for a few years. Then Mystic Lake came in, and that was that. Yeah. So I would call in from the track and do a pick from the track. I remember. I'd pick a horse, and you know, and I I called myself Stretch for lack of thinking of anything more clever. Stretch from the Stretch Drive. The Stretch Drive. Yeah. And then you uh, modified it to me being the Stretch Monster. Stretch, stretch Monster. Because <laughs> yeah. I added your personality right. to well, it. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. The, your right. monstrous personality. Oh, yeah. Huge. Still is. Well, it's still a gigantic <laughs> personality. You know, I'm, I'm just that kind of guy. Like, I, there's actually uh, two neighbors in my you know, that I have that who I, I know. I remember <laughs> the Heinz brothers came in. Gregory Heinz, who's unfortunately now dead. And uh, I can't remember the other. Remember the Heinz, Heinz, and Dad? That group? Oh, God. That goes back. Yeah. And I, Greg Hines kept looking at me. He kept asking me, "Why do you call him Stretch Monster?" Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people just didn't quite. quite it didn't matter. Of course, no. most people. Most people thought, and I really wasn't thinking of it this way so much. But a lot of people just thought it was ironic because I am diminutive. And stretch typically, you know, it's like it's, it's tall, like calling yeah. a fat guy slim, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same thing. Tiny, yeah. I like tiny. Tiny too. guys yeah. that weigh four hundred pounds tiny. are tiny. In your neighborhood, it was probably tiny. It right? was tiny. Oh yeah, a lot of <laughs> yeah. tinies, man. Yeah. Hey, look at yeah. tiny over yeah. there. How long have I been knowing you, tiny? <laughs> <laughs> How long I've been knowing you, tiny? That worked for me. It's wonderful. Um, I do remember you were on the show. Mark Rosen was doing the sports. And another thing that had never been done in America before, Rosen and you started talking about a Minnesota twin that I didn't care much for. Mm-hmm. And I said, that guy's a prick. <laughs> and Rosen froze oh, right where he like was. Yeah. <laughs> he froze. Yeah. He's like, oh, what? I said, what? He goes, you can say that in the radio? I said, you can now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> right. You, you can, can now. now. And it turned out you could. Yeah. And I, then remember... Was it when Disney came in? They were great owners. They were. They great were owners. the best. Oh God, they were phenomenal. But they like they like uh, they had the legal department sent us a list of words we couldn't say. Remember, <laughs> it was literally like the old George, uh, Carlin, the George Carlin, bit, was, you know, yeah. the seven deadly words, right? And so the words, and we we just thought it was the funniest thing ever, you know. So what if I say like you know you could say for example vagina, but it couldn't be in a sexual context. You know, yeah, because otherwise, otherwise, yeah, it's don't like, mention vaginas in a sexual yeah, context. It's like, what if someone okay. said, "Well, you can say penis, but not in a sexual context." <laughs> well, like, I don't know that there is another context. I don't either. Yeah, I guess we urinate, but that's like a secondary yeah. function. That's yeah. not the primary function. Well, when you're urinating, wouldn't you call it a pud anyway? Yeah, I mean, well, sure, exactly. No. Yeah. Um, 
the great thing about that was that Mike's talking about this list that Disney sent us, words we couldn't say on the radio. So what we did was we took the list and <laughs> dis- discussed each word and said all the words and discussed right. each one. <laughs> so they told us not to say them, so yeah. the first thing we did is we said all of them. Well, because we <laughs> hated authority. Because we hated it. They still do. Yeah. When I, I, was, coach- I was coaching T-ball one year, and the edict <laughs> came down that the kids, these are five- and six-year-olds, they weren't allowed to slide anymore. Because they could get hurt. Oh, God. Uh, Immediately, I instituted a rule. Every time you got you, you scored a run, you had to slide into home. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you. Yeah. yeah. Screw I, you, right? I just remember the, the, the management at that time. Not Hamilton. Hamilton mm-hmm. thought it was very funny. But the management at that time <laughs> wringing their hands about, you guys can't say these things. You can't do these things. Disney said, you can't say those words. I said, well, that's why we discussed them on the air. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. because we wanted to see why we shouldn't say these words. <laughs> and the vote we got from, from everybody was, like, one thing that really hit home, because I, I would go over to go for baseball games once in a while. And this guy, Tom Ward was his name. is a big home run hitter for the Minnesota Gophers back in the day. And he walks up to me and said, you just said that on the air this morning. He said, what are you talking about? He goes, Mark Rosen said something to you, and you said something like, yeah, I got your uh, bat swinging right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I got, you, I got your deal right here. I got you this deal right here. But that was an Italian thing that I learned when I was a kid. Yeah, really? Yeah, okay, I got your alimony payments right here, okay? <laughs> kind of like that kind of deal. And Tom Ward thought that was hilarious. He goes, I have never heard anybody talk like that before. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I hadn't even ever listened to morning radio. No, One time no. when I was assigned to do a story on, on morning radio, and so I, I like spent a couple days at uh, one of the big morning shows, a couple days at the other, I like was so depressed I couldn't get out of bed for a week. Yeah, it was so yeah. depressing to hear that, that because it was just it was just they weren't real people and and they weren't talking to real listeners. You know, I won't say which station, I won't say which guy said it, but that whole period that that Mike was talking about the anti-Semitism things because we talked about Jews as real people, which I guess you weren't supposed to. No, blacks were real people. Like, Jews we were, were real supposed people. to be like everyone else. Well, yeah. guess what? We're not. No, we're not. Then I do remember, and I didn't hear. Anything that, that that I guess is a reaction to what this man said. I there was there were no consequences. He actually said on a very big morning show, "Well, yeah, I got there and I had to Jew him down on the price." Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He said it right on the air. But I'm the anti-Semite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, and the incredible thing about it. the incredible thing about the show was how much of it was about the listeners. You know, they, All of it. Because they yep. were really, you guys would call them active listeners, people who engaged. But they were almost all active listeners. Yeah, they were. Because they Absolutely. identified with the show. But not only that, they helped us so much. We they would get, did. If there was a big story breaking in town, there would be an eyewitness who would call us within a minute. It, it never failed. Always. Absolutely. It, it was like community journalism, I think. It was just, there was always someone there. And people would share with us things that were so poignant. That, that oh god yes it, like you know the the one i remember the most it, it was poignant it was it was funny and sad and what's better than funny and sad i agree i mean my whole philosophy my whole philosophy and i, I 
what I wrote about in the book that will never be published, probably, was... <laughs> well, there's some truth in it. You don't want that like, published. It was like when we did the Stretch and Z show, the TV show. Great show, by the way. You know, the, my philosophy was, you know, you come for the laughter, you stay for the tears. I, I w- did an appearance on the Stretch and Z show, which was filmed at the CCO Television Studios. <laughs> yeah. I, at that time, weighed like 320, something like that. Uh, I walk in, and I sit down on the couch, and it cracks. It goes like, pop. And well, Zolimich so, so goes, Rafer, get the gun. Yeah, yeah he loves saying that. Yeah. And, and just for a little background, great. it was not your girth. We got that thing at the Salvation Army. Oh, I know. I know you did. The whole set was, yeah. So one, one day a woman calls in, and we I guess we'd been, we'd been talking about cancer for some reason because you know we talk about that we uh, anything they didn't want us to do that either no but we were mm-hmm. and um and a woman called in and um obviously no one had much idea what she was going to say right and she talked about she talked about having having breast cancer and being a survivor and she'd been, you know, out of it for five years, and yep. it was looking really good for her. Mm-hmm. And you asked her some question, and she kind of thought for a second, and she said, "You know, this, um, you know, I, I, one thing I feel bad about, you know, I, I know my husband really misses the titty sex." <laughs> she did right on the air, and it was unbelievable. No, it was one of the very few times <laughs> no one had any idea what to say. I know. <laughs> True, and it wasn't because what? it wasn't because we were shocked or anything. No. We were very surprised, however, that she said it. She was that comfortable. Like that someone would be that comfortable sharing that with us. And that's when you know you have great listeners. And by the way, it was the listener's idea, not ours, to do right. those things. Right. There was a woman that used to call in. Unfortunately, she passed away because that what will happen. Yeah. But she had a, what is it, Andy, an electrolarynx? Yeah. The talk box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she would call in and go, how you guys doing today? I was listening. God, I was laughing. Ha, 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 yeah. ha. It was phenomenal. Because <laughs> she just wanted to call in. You used to do that voice. Yes, exactly. I don't know if you, I don't <laughs> know if you did it That was before South that. Park. That's right. It was before South Park. It was before South Park. And, I, and by it, the yeah. way, I, I did my Indian accent before. <laughs> what are you doing this morning? Before The Simpsons. I remember that. I did the Indian voice. Not just, to interrupt, but Tire Carver just called in. Apparently, oh. Cassie told him to call in. Oh, she did. I guess he's got something to. Can he can he call in in about uh, ten minutes? Well, we're gonna have a guest. Oh, I know, but I mean, I, I, I this has to be recorded for KQRS. So if he can, if he can call call in back in about ten minutes, that'd be good. We'll take care of it. Uh, Maybe we should cancel a guest. Can you, Tire Carver? <laughs> sure. Tight. That'd well, be there you yeah, go. that'd be great. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, maybe the guest. We'll see how the guest works out. It'll be fine. Um, I just got an email. Oh, excuse me, a text message from a listener that said, uh, you forgot one thing. I said, what's that? And I, to myself, what's that? And then he posted what it was. He said, you're forgetting the part when when you were talking about the guy at the other radio station saying he Jewed him down. Gail fan said, Tom, have you ever catholic anyone down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about that. 20, 25 years, and people come up to me all the time. And they they cite something I said. Oh, that was the funniest thing ever. And nine times out of ten, no recollection. And it's, and <laughs> I it's, know. And it's not yeah, I because I had dementia. I know. It's because it was 25 years. You know, a lot of things get said in 25 years. And yes. the other thing was, typically I'd been without sleep for maybe 30 hours yeah. by the time I did the show. And 
I am a lot of things that happened just oh, quickly left my brain. I, every day after I had this routine, and of course my my sleep disorder became worse and worse mm-hmm. year after year. And I finally that's why really that was the main reason. There were others, but the main reason that I retired six months before I planned to. Yeah. And after the show, I would I would go go and get groceries and things because I was planning to have a long nap. I mean, really, literally, 30 hours without sleep was not unusual. No, I know. And, yeah, that's true. And then I'd, I'd, stop at, I'd stop and get a cup of coffee at Caribou. Uh, I'd put the groceries in the car, and while I was fumbling for keys and things, I would set my cup of coffee on, my, on the roof, right? Yep. And I would say to myself, remember, you've got coffee on the roof. And then I would drive away with the cup of coffee, coffee on, on the, the roof. roof. Of course. Because after, you know, I'd, I'd always say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm not affected by this lack of sleep. Well, I've never done that since. Yeah. But I would do that all the time. And then I'd pull out of the parking lot and somebody would honk and point to my roof. And I would literally think, right. why is he pointing at my roof? Even then, I, I didn't know. remember. I know. And then it's I'd see the, the brown sludge pouring down my windshield. Oh, that, that's why. One of the things I do want to get to, because my God, this half hour went by quickly, um, is what people don't realize about that show is it changed. It did. I'm sorry. It's not an arrogant thing. It changed radio forever. Changed morning radio forever. Now, Howard Stern was part of that. Steve Dahl was a huge part of that. There yeah. were other people. But it sure changed me forever. But it changes. But the biggest problem I had, I'll never forget this. When, when we came on the morning show, it had a five share. And, and that wasn't bad. No, I wasn't all that bad. At a five share, our first book, we had a 10 share. We doubled the audience <laughs> in one book. And then I remember within two years, I literally saw the ratings and I went home and sat in a corner and started crying and going, what the hell are we going to do now? Yeah. We had a 30 share Yeah. in the morning. Yeah. It went from a five to a 10 to a 15 to a 30 share. And when that 30 share came on, I went, oh my God, what the hell? Well, and we did. Mike. Mike was there. Dave was there. What the hell are we going to do now? What well, there, next? you know, and there and there is something to be said. It's the old saying is really true. You know, you do have to be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you because, do. Yeah, you do. Because in that period between the ten and the thirty, that was there was so much adrenaline. Mm-hmm. It was such a surge. Oh, it was. And and all that fuels those creative fires. And there is that point where you say, and I don't, you know, I don't know if if. If F. Scott Fitzgerald, after writing The Great Gatsby, said, yeah. "Oh man, I'm I'm done. What What have I got now?" Yeah, it's but well, he there did is become that... a Hollywood producer and Hollywood writer, so he yeah. didn't have anything. Well, left. You know, <laughs> right, and he did better than most writers did in Hollywood. Oh God, yes, he did. And uh, but he died at 44, unfortunately. Yeah, and then Nathaniel West died like the next day. Yep, who was my personal I, creative hero. I certainly. Oh, we got to take a break here. Uh, we'll do one more segment. We get uh, Tyre involved in that. That'll be good. Uh, but there are many, many more things to All talk right. about. Mike Gelfand uh, on the KQ Morning Show. We're recording this for the KQ Morning Show. So it's just uh, what a history. We'll be right back. More with Mike Gelfand right after this. Tom Bernard Show. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because, you know, they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure 
they have internet order entry and real-time tracking. You know, I had Priority Courier Experts account rep in here about a month ago. and Who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the Twin Cities' largest, most reliable on-call courier service. What's that number? Because the next package is going with Priority Courier Experts. Already dialing 651-748-4477. Priority Courier Experts, can we help you? Can you ever. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tony Price from the Gold Star Ride Foundation here. I wanted to share a story from the road. Since you already know about Gold Star families being those left behind when somebody's killed in the military, and you already know those people died for your freedom. So I woke up in a cheap motel somewhere in the mountains, and I shared stories with the manager. As I was leaving, a maid who had been listening, and her name is Shorty, ran out to ask me if she could donate. I said yes, and I tried to donate $30 with a credit card. It didn't work, and we made arrangements to meet at a coffee shop a block away after she went to an ATM. I got coffee and invited the people at the coffee shop to talk on our documentary, which they agreed to do. Then they made me pay for the coffee. It wasn't much, but still, when I turned around, there was the maid, Shorty, who handed me a $20 bill saying she couldn't donate 30 because she only had 20 Made me feel sorry for the young women in the coffee shop who couldn't come up with $4 for my coffee. Thank you, Shorty. Goldstarride.org. There we are. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Gelfand, our very special guest on the KQ Morning Show. Again, for people listening now, this is being recorded for that. Is Tyre on the phone right now? Yes. Tyre Carver, how are you? Mike Gelfand's here. Uh, We're just talking about how we almost drove everybody, all the management radio, completely insane. (laughs) Um, one of the great things about a tire, yeah, I got to tell fine. you, we got calls from every. We, you need to come to New York. You need to come to Chicago. You need to come to Los Angeles. We never did any of those things. Uh, we just things just went better and better and better. But having a thirty share caused so much anguish and nervousness. Again, it was this, this feeling of what do we do now? And then there started to be a little turmoil among the cast on the show. Not. Not overtly turmoil, but uh, tumultuous, I should say. But it just ch- it changed. Having it ratings, well, as you just pointed out, a thirty share means seventy five percent of people listening to the radio are listening to you. That is unbelievable. Yeah, That's amazing. Scary. Now it had happened before with with WCCO radio because there was only CCO, uh, um, WDGY, and KWB. Those were the only three big stations. So they had like a fifty share. And the other two people, I think DGY had a 30 and KDWB had a 20. But there were only three radio stations, so, you know, that's different. And in the the very early days, you know, I wasn't wasn't making much money from the show. I was doing all sorts. I was writing speeches. We did the Stretch and Z show eventually. We did all these things. And a lot of the stuff I did was because of the morning show. So the morning show helped create an economy for me. But I wasn't making a huge amount of money. But Mm -hmm. but it was weird because – I'd, I'd written for the newspaper, the, the Tribune, for 10 years. Right. And I would say after about a week of being in studio, more people had come up to me off the street to, to knew who I was to ask me about the show than came up to me in the 10 years writing for the paper. Oh, and yeah, I, and I did not deal. realize this would happen. I told a story on the KQ Morning Show the other day about this, but... Mike comes in one morning. He's like, oh, "God, it's just unbelievable." Because he was still at first. You were still writing for the Star Tribune, weren't you? 
No, I was I was uh, I was just doing uh, freelance stuff then because oh, yeah, when okay. the newspapers merged, I had taken uh, the big check and the health care. Yeah. Because otherwise I was going to be there forever and I was not going to like it. Well, it's phenomenal, though, because I remember you telling me you're like, oh, God, it's unbelievable. And this guy got mad at M. Howard Gelfand. Yes. yes. M. Howard Gelfand. He was mad at something I wrote about when I, about the twins. Yes, that's yes. exactly right. And right. your name was not M. Howard Gelfand. In the paper, it said M. Howard Gelfand. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy thought your name was, you remember? Uh, I know. What was it? Mick Howard oh, Mick Gelfano. Howard. Yes, that was <laughs> Because they had messed up on my byline. It was once. phenomenal. Miss Howard Gelfano. What, what, what I was thinking about was was uh, was a guy calls me up. You know, this is back in the days when there were phone books, right? Yes, yes. Do exactly. they still put out phone books? I don't even know. I suppose they do. I haven't seen one in years. So this guy, I, I was writing for the paper, and you know, I did one of my typical savage stories about the twins. Sure. Twins always lost, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do to this year too. Well, it made for That's good. Hilarious. It made for good journalism. Uh, you're right. And so the guy finds my name in the phone book, and he's and he's, he's saying, uh, you know, uh, that story that uh, that story today that was the worst piece of garbage I've ever read. And he said, you know, you're you're M. Howard Gelfand, aren't you? And I said, uh, I said, no, no, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm Mike Gelfand. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, he said, but but aren't you aren't you the guy who writes for the paper? I said, no, I'm not that guy. And he says, well, did you read that piece of crap that he wrote? <laughs> Catch a hint, sir. Yeah. yeah. Tyre, what do you got cooking today, man? Well, I was going to invite anybody and everybody that uh, is out and about near Brooklyn Center on Saturday. It's our free ice cream day. Where, where in Brooklyn Center? The community. Where are you going to be in Brooklyn Center? We're actually going to be doing it. At our charity, which is uh, uh, Crescent Cove. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this place or not, but it's uh, only the third one in the nation. It's a hospice and respite care center for children. And that's a that's wonderful our charity this year. What time on Saturday? We'll be giving them some money. Two to four on Saturday. Two to four so, Saturday. You're going to be there personally? Yep. We'll have the truck there. We're going to hand out ice cream to anybody that comes to the window. No charge. Well, I want you to do I me a saying thank you for supporting us this year. Absolutely. But your family's still great. Everything's good. Everything's great. I'm glad to hear that. Say hello to all of them for me, if you would. And Tyre, you've been a supporter of this show forever, and I, I do appreciate that, sir. So get out and see Tyre Carver. Uh, he's going to be in Brooklyn Center from, what is it, 2 to 4, you said? 2 to 4 at Crescent Cove. It's just Crescent off Bass Lake Road. And uh, let me see, west of County Road 81. Magnificent. You're a good man, Tyre. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Tyre. Nice talking to you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great job. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't realize I was here. <laughs> no, honest to God, the whole thing the whole thing was so weird back then. People um I know, it's been thirty three years. It's yeah, just that's right. That's crazy. Years. It's insane. Um, I, you know, I think about the morning show, uh, well, every day for sure. I dream about the morning show. I, do I too. have I have these weird dreams about like I'm on the air, but I'm at home in my pajamas, but I'm on the air. And, yeah. Oh no, I no, and I, I like it. And I oh, like yeah, it. why not? And sometimes other members of the show are in their pajamas in bed with me. That's not <laughs> 
It's nothing yeah. like that. No, it's no, no, no breast sex. Well, you know me. You know me. There's no, there's no, t- there's no touching. No touching. Yeah, that's true. You and Andy. I don't have no touching. On my front door, it doesn't say no solicitors. It says no touching. I like, well, it should. You know, I went, I, I went to a Saints game. I was dragged there, but I went. And it was fun. Was it was track. fun. That was so, with Doug Sprinthal, wasn't it? Yeah, he was there. I right, thought so, right? yeah. Yeah. And, Lane Christensen. And Lane, yep. And so Lane says, oh, here's, uh, here's my friend. It's the, you know, the, there's, there's a nun. She's like 90, right? Mm-hmm. She'd been there for probably since day one. Like back rubs? That back one? rubs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, sure. And, and yep. she walks toward us, this little diminutive woman. I'm sure that she hadn't never been tall to begin with. But, you know, she's like, you know, everybody has a grandmother who's like 4'10", who used to be 5'7". Yeah, yep, absolutely. Right? And she's, you know, obviously a very wonderful person. And she's walking toward us, smiling. And I, I did not plan this. It was one of those things where you hear yourself saying things. But I heard myself saying, uh, don't touch me, sister. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one time that a, a really overtly negative, angry person got through on the morning show... Uh, Gail Fan burned me at the end of it. This is how the whole <laughs> sequence went. It was in the first year you were there. And this guy calls in. I, I said, oh, let's go with, you know, Bill from Anoka. <laughs> I just got to tell you, this effing show is the worst effing thing. I've, I, and we didn't have delay back then, so it was all going on the air. Yeah, yeah this effing show sucks. I would never even think of listening to this. Whatever. He kept going on and on and on. And so we basically disconnected. And I said, oh, that's really nice to hear from Adolf Hitler. <laughs> a pause. And Mike says, yeah, that was an ad lib. <laughs> remember that? I don't you know. You backstabber. I don't yeah, that it. was an ad lib. You've been, you've been saving that up, I haven't just you? burned you. <laughs> you did. You burned oh, me. I'm sorry about that, Tom. Uh, I was fed. If I had to do it over again. You'd do it again? Probably. A lot, a lot more demonstrative. Well, what, do you, what do any of us really learn? Not the much. learning curve's pretty not pretty much. low. Do you think that we made a mistake uh, by not going to a, a bigger market? Because a lot of people said, "God, why didn't you just do?" Because we'd have beaten everybody else to the punch at that point. Yeah, um, I'm ambivalent about it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I love Minnesota. I was born here, grew up here. Same with you. Same with most we, people. We would, on yeah, the show. I mean, I mean, you know, the show would have been fine somewhere else. Yeah, but you know, the show was. Uh, it just the local listeners, like I said, they were so important to the show, and you lose that if you're in in 28 different markets, right. no, or no three for that matter. You're right. So I I I'm, I guess I'm. It would have been more money, I suppose. Yeah, it would have been. But you know. Well, let me put it this way: we didn't way. do it for the money. You know, Opie and Anthony. Who's that? Opie and Anthony. You ever heard of that movie? Oh yeah, show? yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, they, yeah. WNEW in New York called me and said we want to bring your show to WNEW in New York. And I said, well, we just blah, 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 blah. So they hired Opie and Anthony, hmm. okay, who then became very big. Yeah, I do, I do remember that, uh, yeah. A friend of mine just told me, yeah, God, I just went over to Opie's new place, man. $10 million. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. And, I, I, and we took a pass, did we? <laughs> That's and, really great. And to, quote, and to quote Zelenovich, and I'm wearing a cardboard box. And I'm wearing a cardboard He always said that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Uh, how, do you see Mark? Who? Yeah, okay, they're right. Uh, moving forward, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I mean, some people just disappeared. Yeah. I, I just. You know, I, I love Mark. Yeah, yeah. I, I always we will. Do. We always do. And yeah. we did the TV show together, and he was, he was the best thing you can say about a co host, which he was. He and I were, you know, equal, equal right. footing. The best thing you can say is he's generous. And he was very yeah. generous. He's, yeah, always been very always generous. Always very generous. He, he, you know, when he sensed uh, the line was coming, you know, he sensed when it was my line. Yep. 
And, and I, yep. I hope I did the same for him. And then, uh, like all of us at some point in our lives, uh, he reached a kind of a low point. And, did, yeah. and then, you know what? He just, it's Mark, but he, he's the kind of guy who will say the worst possible thing if he thinks it's funny. You know, like he would destroy a relationship. Yeah. If he if he oh, got yes. a good line in, yep. say, "Well, it cost me the marriage, but it was a funny line." <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny what I said. But unfortunately, yeah, you know, he kept. I don't. I don't want to bring anyone down here, but this is just reality. He kept making suicide jokes. He kept saying, "Well, should I, you know, concrete or water? Which yeah. should I do?" Yeah, right. Well, right. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people, a lot of the listeners know that my, my brother took his own life. Right. And it was just not something I wanted to hear. No. And at some point, I just had to say, well, I guess that's it. Right, I suppose. It just happens, you know. A wonderful guy. I haven't seen him in years He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And I'm not, you know, I would never say, just because I don't talk to him, he is a great guy. No, there's no question about it. He was very, very funny and and he, a great guy. And he, of course, and this is one thing people don't know, he was doing the morning show before we did. Uh, well, Mark Seeger. Before Sieger, you did, specifically. Mark Seeger came in between. Uh, okay, yeah. Z was, uh, what that was it called? Morning Z or what the I hell don't was it? remember. I can't remember what it was Because I never heard it. But Yeah, because you weren't awake. What <laughs> no. the hell am I talking about? Why am I asking you? You're no. not awake. It's but 5 o'clock in the morning. But he did it, then, and then we'd go to the track. So it had to be like, well, it had to be in 85. That's another thing I'll never forget. Show ends one day, and Mike goes, hey, can you give me a ride to the track? I said, yeah, why? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I just need to place a bet. He said, I'll cut you in on it. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. You, yeah, okay. This will be great. So we drive out there. He gets out of the car. I'm sitting in the car. He comes back about 15 minutes later, gives me like $300, goes, here's your cut. And we just drove back. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I will never forget that as long as I live. And it just think, it, you would be like my mother if I hadn't done well. I took, my mom went to, well, my dad, who's not into gambling by any means. No, I can't see it. And so my dad takes my mom to the track because she wanted to hear my handicapping show. I was doing a handicapping show in the bar across the street every day. My dad's sitting there with pursed lips. He doesn't like gambling. He doesn't like uh, bars. And he doesn't like smoking. And and back then people could smoke in the bar. Yep. And and, uh, so, so... but my mom wanted to go, and I'm very generous. You know that I didn't really have a great relationship with my mom. But, no, that's true. But I tolerated her. Yep. And <laughs> I tolerated <laughs> yeah. my mother. Well, right. That's that's, that's just well, that's the way true. it was. It well, my true. mom, she was a classic case of Munchausen's. And, yeah. and luckily the victim was not me, but unfortunately it was my brother. So my brother Tony. I introduced her. Yeah, my brother Tony. And and so I introduced my mom and, you know, talked everywhere, and she loved it. And so, and then she sat there, wrote down all my picks, went to the track, made made bets, probably show bets, and all my yeah. picks. Yep. And so the next day, she calls me up, and I, I answer the phone. She says, "Mike, <laughs> <laughs> you always knew what was coming." Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I said, "Yes, mom." And she said, "She said, well, how are you?" I said, "Well, I'm I'm pretty good, mom. Actually, I said, how are you?" She said, "No, I'm 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 fine. I'm just fine." Uh-oh. All right, Mom, what, what's going on? She said, oh, no, I, I, I was up all night. Uh, I was just worrying about you so much. And I said, well, well, why was that, Mom? She said, well, I, I was just worried that they would fire you because of how terrible your picks were. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Mom. Yeah. yeah. Really appreciate Jewish it. mother, passive aggressive. Oh, God. Nowhere near like the Scandinavians. No, though, not, not at all. Not even close to that. But 
I will tell you, just, we're sitting here face to face in the in the podcast studio. What a joy it was working with you and knowing you all these years. And and again, it was if people sense some you know some periods when it was things were rocky, it was true because it is incredibly stressful. It was. People will never know what the hell that was like to be stressed out like that. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it was just horrible, really and was. and luckily though the, the the really important thing is we got through it. Yeah, we did, and we got back it's to true. being funny. Yep, and that's my memory of the show is it was a funny show, and we had a great time, and we were good friends. And yep. you know that period, it's like any, it's like most intense friendships. Mm-hmm. There will be bad times, no doubt. About you can't it. you can't be friends with someone for twenty five years. Without and without some stress, and a lot of those stressors, as you pointed out, were external. They were absolutely they were. Hey, look, I've been uh, I've been knowing, as you said, I've been knowing Catherine <laughs> for thirty seven years. Yeah. Now. we've been married for thirty four years. She, every day, she still goes, "You're an idiot." Yeah, <laughs> it's just how it is, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, it's just how life is. You know, my wife and I, we just lamented our fortieth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> there we, he is, ladies and gentlemen. We repeated our epithets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people say epithet, you know, so yeah, epitaph, but epitaph. they're not they're epitaphs, Mike, they're epithets. Yeah, epithets, yeah. Yeah, as, as we call it, yeah. And, we, does that be Catholics or Jews? That's or a Jew thing, yeah. It's a Jew yeah. thing, Oh, okay. man, that was an epithet. Oh, God, we used to call it. It's a Jew thing. What the hell do you mean by that? It's like, calm down. <laughs> and and so, but we we did. We lamented our 40th anniversary, you know, and, and during many of those years, we actually lived together. I we remember. Believe that. Yeah, and I now, it's been about half haul, and half, really. I would haul, haul furniture up your stairs, <laughs> yeah. your rugs, all that stuff. Yeah, I'd well, there was hey, that. I need help moving. You well, mean you want me to move it? You don't need help moving it. You're still, still uh, pissed off about that Wheel of Fortune carpeting thing, huh? Well, the dog was cute. Though. My kids were little. They couldn't help. No, they couldn't help. But yeah. The, the Dalmatian, wasn't the Dalmatian that you won? The the, the, the ceramic Dalmatian was. <laughs> the thing about when you went on Wheel of Fortune, you know, and you'd say, because this was back in the days when you didn't get money. Yeah. And you'd say, I'll take that uh, that Burke liner. For, yep. And, and, and so um, they'd say, like, oh, it's the uh, Burke liner for 2400 And then at the end, you know, it would be, oh, you have like $180. I'll take the ceramic Dalmatian. Right. Yes. So, but the the thing about it was, was the ceramic Dalmatian was proof that you were on the show. Yeah, that's right. So that's I had true. like like forty two hundred yeah. to spend, and I first thing I did was take the Dalmatian. Probably that was yeah. I missed out on the Cadillac. I didn't get as oh, you yeah. remember I, from top to bottom. From top to bottom, I was yeah. tired. I'd sat through three shows. I was exhausted. Yep, I understand. And but but I think I was the only one ever to take the Dalmatian first. I think you're right. You're yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, we got to get Mike out of here because he, you know, he's got to go back to bed. Go back to bed. One fifteen. Um, I say this all the time. I, I ran into Mark Rosen at uh, Frank Vassalero's mother's memorial. First thing he said, "Man, I love you, and I've always loved you guys. We all loved one another, and that added to the stress." Well, it always does. It did. It's... I mean, it really did. It really admiring each other's work and loving one another and having deep feelings. Yeah. When external things do come into play, you do end up. You know, some periods we don't even talk to each other. I think that in today's toxic atmosphere, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's. I know that I, I have friends, not a lot of them, but I have friends, and there's just, it's an unwritten rule. You, you don't talk politics. No, I know. It was a you huge know if mistake. You, if you do, it's, it's not going to end well. No, it, and it didn't. And as I always say, there are no happy endings. No, there are no happy endings. But you know true. what? 
the last thing is, um, yeah, I'm not going to hug you. It's not going to happen. Well, you never do. You can hug Andy. Because he <laughs> right. didn't like to be yeah. hugged either. He, he'd like it even less. Exactly. And, God, I remember the morning he was born. Yep. Um, I didn't mean to embarrass you, Andy. Um, but, but that's the thing about the show. You remember these things. you mm -hmm. know, And what you remember are things about each other's lives. More than no you remember doubt. the work aspect. No question about Or the, the, the cheap-ass check I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, early on in the show... Uh, one day I go to Walgreens. I got my check. This is very early. I, nobody was making money in, in the in the right. very early years. Right. And and I, uh, I come home. I don't. I lost the check at Walgreens. Right. Oh, it's God. in an envelope. Uh, so uh, my name's on the envelope. Guy calls me up. Says, "Hey, uh, uh, Stretch. Uh, he called me at the station. Uh, you dropped your check here, and I got it. And I said, Oh well, thanks." And he said, oh, it's no problem. I, w I went over, I got the check from him, and he said, man, you sure aren't getting a lot of money at that show, are you? <laughs> so, you of course, go. he had to look. But what I was going to say was, you know, you you gave me a career. And, and uh, We gave each other a career. Man. Well, you were there before me. It would have happened either way. And I know that. And I like to think it was better but because I was there. But the point is, you know, I don't know what I would have done without you. I well, really don't. I feel the same way, though, because you and I talked about many things that, you know, your mother, my father. Yeah. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about stuff like that, but it was, Mike, honest to God, I look back, and, and I, it does make me laugh. I, and, that, you know, yeah, and I can't even believe, I'm, I'm an old man now, and I can't even believe that it was only 25 years of my life. I know. Because Isn't it that defined amazing? everything. It did. It still does for me. Michael, thanks so much for coming in. Great having oh, you on. Thank this you. will be the, I don't know when they'll play I, on the twenty fifth, I assume. Yeah. The, September twenty fifth. I'll be Get sleeping. Ninety two five. Yeah, you'll be sleeping, so you're not gonna care what no. happens. Thank you, sir. Great great to see you. And we do all all the love in the world to you um, and Mark Rosen and all Dan Colhane's got a nice voiceover career, nicest guy in yeah. the world. Yeah. I mean you go down the list. Marianne Sullivan stopped in, lovely woman. Oh, she's a man. Yeah. great person. She's great. All those people on the show back then. It was it was a lot of fun. So thank you very much for your time today. Oh thank you. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show.